This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, they can smell our fear. Plus, the lies come easy for Biz. Teresa is full of crisp mountain air, and we talk to Lauren Schneider about handling grief as parents. Woo! <laughs> I yeah. I just forgot. Where'd you go? About, well, I just where went, did I was you like, go? I did the opening. Job over. I gotta. I gotta get on with my life. Sorry about that. Wow, I did. I just like Teresa's yeah. eyes are looking at like, me like, yeah, where? Where's happening? Go? What, am I wrong? No, like, no. is there not a woo here? What's <laughs> happening? So, how are you, Teresa? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's uh-huh. correct. That's that the is right thing I'm supposed the to way say. It goes. Okay, good. <laughs> it's gonna be that kind of show. I am doing well. I am no longer sick by some miracle. Uh, yeah. You're Thanks. welcome. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I spent last weekend, the long weekend for President's Day, up in the mountains with my family Ooh. and some friends of ours and their young children. Oh. Which can be a sack of bananas. Yes, it as can. As you all well know. Like a cabin of bananas. A real <laughs> sack of real bananas. Real hefty sack. <laughs> but I just had a nice time like these friends mm. are great they like my children my mm. children like them well that's a plus i mean that helps it's huge yeah and people just got along and we had a nice time i mean i don't you know yeah i know i know yeah. biz is looking at me I'm like looking. waiting for the other shoe to yeah. drop but i do think you know it's partially kind of just me getting the hang of going on these little trips. Mm-hmm. But also, my kids are getting older, and mm. they can do more stuff for themselves. And it actually affects my life a lot. Yes. Like, that stuff is real. Like, the sleep stuff is real. Yes. You know? And my friend who was up there was saying to me at one point, like, it's so, you know, it's so incredibly beautiful up here in the mountains. And I agreed. And I said, you know... We've been coming up here, you know, for probably about four years now. And like only recently have I been able to take in the surroundings like a little bit, like really notice where I am and like enjoy it versus looking and telling myself I'm supposed to be enjoying it. This is a big thing. Yeah. This is that shift. I don't think we give enough weight to... Like these, the early years, and when people say early years, they think like till two, right? Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. It's yeah. like we really do live in like this weird place of like the shark place. You're always going, you're always yeah. moving, you're always hyper vigilance yeah. the whole night, and even to like through sleep, you know, you yeah. might have to get up. Yeah. And then when you, crest like just when the age doesn't mean the problems are gone or like the concerns are gone it's that with the age comes a little less of yeah of that yeah it's a different state little space there it's a little space and uh, yeah i it that's real and i'm glad you got to enjoy some of it yeah thanks that's nice thank you how are you biz i'm good i had this experience i just like how fast like lies now can come out of my mouth Ooh, to the children. Yeah. And this was this was a pretty good one. Like it made me laugh. I didn't even I wasn't even aware I was doing it until after it was done. And I was like, oh phew, that was good. So Katie Bell and Ellis were making Valentines for us. Mm-hmm. And Katie Bell comes out and she's like, Do we have paper? Yep. The paper's in the art supply box. Do we have paintbrushes? Yep, they're in the paintbrushes. Do we have glitter? No. We have no glitter. We have no glitter? Yeah, we have none. She's like, oh, okay. I was like, you'll figure something out. Okay. 
We do. We have, I still have a drawer full of glitter from before, including that gold glitter that Katie Bell, I mean, that Ellis, Mm -hmm. whoever my children are, dumped all over themselves in the car. We still have glitter. Yeah. I just did not want them to use glitter. Yeah. I I may even be becoming Mm anti-glitter in the world. Sure. But I just was so impressed by like how fast I was just flat out. No, we have no glitter. It's all gone. Yeah. And we have like five bottles of glitter. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt I felt good about that. Yeah. Feel (laughs) good about that. You should. Thank you. And that was a win. It could have gone in a completely different direction because there was a time when glitter was my weakness. Mm. I loved the glitter. The children could play with the glitter all day. And Katie Bell knows that, which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is our children knowing our weaknesses. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. Teresa. Beep, boop, boop, beep. Ow, ow, stop pushing my buttons. Stop. Your buttons. Is this the button for ice cream? Boop. Is this the button for playing one more game? Boop. Our children, Mm -hmm. precious, precious angels, Mm -hmm. may instinctively, I think we've spoken in the past about just nature has programmed children to figure out how to get what they need, mm-hmm. vi- like whining. Yes. We've talked about that. Yes. I want us to talk a little bit today about like, do our kids as they have gotten older, and it's less about like primary needs of like, you know, I need food, I need sleep, I need, you know, wah, wah. wah. Mm-hmm. Now change that, me. Change me. Now yeah. that they're, yeah, I knew there was a third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kids need something. Now that they're older, have they caught on to the game, mm. as it were, mm-hmm. in in figuring us out? Yeah. Have your children figured you out to their advantage? In some ways, yes. Ooh! I, I have noticed that there are certain things that my kids have figured out they like and I like. And that if they suggest it, ah. if there's time for it, I'm going to have a really hard time saying no. So, for example, <laughs> for a long time, if it was like a weekend morning and Jesse was working, mm-hmm. the kids would suggest, can we get donuts and go to the park? And this, I pretty much could not say no to because I I agree. I love donuts. Yes. And I want to get my kids out to the park. And so, like, the (laughs) promise of donuts helps everyone get out the door. And then we end up at the park and we're having donuts and we're playing at the park. So, like, (laughs) wait. Yeah. It's the reverse bribe. Yeah. Our bribes have come back. Yeah. To haunt us. It is the reverse bribe. It is the they it's have my figured kids out. bribing me. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yes. Uh, You're su- exactly right. Surprise. They're bribing me. And it's the same with like family movie night. Oh yeah. Which we don't really make it to the night because yeah. my kids go to bed pretty early, <laughs> like especially Curtis. But but like my kids will suggest on the weekend, can we have a family movie? And I like watching movies yeah. and I like making popcorn. <laughs> so I have a really hard time saying no to that. Yeah. Like I'm pretty much always like, let's figure out a way to do that. Like I'll <laughs> say yes to that. You know, like right. I, yeah. It's interesting. And then there's also like the other way that this comes around that I've noticed is in asking for things, yeah. which I think is sort of a more gray area because my kids have realized that sometimes when they ask me for something, I will say yes. And sometimes I will say no. Right. This has the effect of making them ask for every possible thing all the time, just in case I might right. say yes. 
And I've noticed that this is one that, like, I don't think any of us have exactly figured out the formula. But, like, I know a lot of parents share this thing where for some reason books are okay yeah like which is like so odd like (laughs) books are okay books you can say yes to they still fill up your house they are still expensive if you're buying them new they're it's still like a consumer mentality of like give me more give me the next one there's amazing things about books. I often <laughs> say yes to books. Yeah. But it's it's interesting that, like, that's... Yeah. And it's the same with, like, you know, Curtis. He just turned three. He has a lot of diverse interests, and he really loves, like, costumes and dressing up mm. like his favorite characters. And most of the favorite characters that he's most into are, like, more male. But mm-hmm. there's, like, a few girls that he likes to dress ah. up as. So I've noticed that whenever he wants, like, an Elsa... Th- like, the day he yes. asked for an Elsa dress, I literally bought him a dress that day. Yeah. Like, there's, like, very <laughs> few things where he can get it that easily. But right. I was like, oh, my God. Like, yes, yes of course you can have a dress. <laughs> like. <laughs> And I think that is well-founded because I think in our society, in our culture, our kids are being given gendered gifts all the time. And nobody's going to buy him an Elsa dress unless he asks for it. So I think it's kind of messed. It's a messed up scenario. Like, I feel okay that that I did say yes and get it right away. But I also just think it's funny. Like, what what does he think about that? Like, what does he think about? Because that's not so much about, because that's where I am. Like, I have a lot of gray areas, too, where it's like, all right, Ellis is the same. If he asks for something completely non-traditional, gender- Play yeah. toy wise, yeah. I'm like, you're like, you can have all today. the fucking yeah. ponies. Yeah, we are we gonna all play all the ponies. Do you need a house for them? Do you need a house for the ponies? Do you need, Do you need a dream car for, for the ponies? Yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. you need, right? Fingernail polish for the ponies, whatever. Yeah. That is way more about me. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not manipulating no. me. He's not like no. he hasn't figured that out. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, and there's like a couple of those where I'm like, all right. He hasn't figured, or if it's like really small. Yeah, really small. It's really small. Yeah. And I'm going to be at Target anyway. It's really small. Yeah. You get the the really small. Yeah. Right? Like, that's any, again, I don't think he's figured it out. When he tries to get something that I've said no to, Mm -hmm. this is his attempt to persuade me. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where it came from, but it's pretty good. And it's, please, first, there's several pleases. Please, please, I'll give you a dollar. Oh, yeah. And I'm like. Grace tries to buy things yeah. off me, too, all the and time. And I'm like, make it yeah. 10 and we have a deal. Yeah. But a dollar's not going to get it yeah. for you. All right, I'll give you 10. No, no. No, that's not. Yeah. yeah so, like. That's so funny. That's, he's not very good yet yeah. at, like, the button pushing. Yeah. Right? Katie Bell has figured out. One thing, and that is if she's had, like, a really bad day, right? Like something, because we're in the place now of, like, you know, everybody went. We all said we were going to go to this, and then they weren't there. They had changed locations, and no one had told me, like, at school, mm-hmm. like, for like lunch. social For social yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just like, that sucks. Yeah. You know, I know it's not life-ending, but, like, if it's been a particularly, like, yeah. brought-to-tears kind of day, yeah. you know, sh- she knows that she can probably get a little oh, yeah. something extra, like yeah. a little extra TV time yeah. or a little ice cream maybe yeah. at a time that's not dessert, right? Yeah. And I am kind of like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, you need a nice, yeah. a nice thing. I'll take care of you. Yeah. I will take care of you. Yeah. And there are times where I can't because, like, right. I know it's not that bad and she's just, like, trying yeah. to get something. Yeah. And, we, and I try and limit that, yeah. right? There's something that I think think she does and she thinks she's getting it for one reason but I'm actually giving in for another reason and that will be like playing a game at night before bed right Mm -hmm. like so let's say or any activity mama can we play checkers tonight or you know this card game and I'll be like yeah okay we can do one but then that's it okay I have work to do tonight so just the one okay 
we do the one. Can we have, can we just do maybe one more? Just like one more, right? And Mm -hmm. I, I want to say no. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I say yes, not because she's made a good joke or she's pleaded her case or it's a, you know, revenge or whatever, however we do in our house. But I'll have this quick flash of, she goes to college tomorrow. I know. And I'm like, what's one fucking more game? Right. Right? Like, and then she gets to stay a little later. And I'm like, the habits. Because I feel like part of this button pushing thing goes back to the thing that your kids do where they're asked, and by your kids, every kid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to ask... For everything. All the time. Sometimes it'll sometimes hit it. Sometimes yeah. I'll hit it. Yeah. It's gambling. Yeah, gambling. Yeah. And I think we've already admitted that we set that up oh, yes. for our children. Yes. And, uh, you know, I guess the question is, is this good or bad? Like, mm-hmm. is it bad that they push our buttons if it's something that's enjoyable, like going to the park and getting donuts? Yeah. Or playing an extra game with your child, right? Like, where does this land in the grand scheme of parenting concerns? Is it slippery slope? Is it spoiling? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think I'm inclined to think that, like, most of it is is pretty innocent on all sides and can lead to us having enjoyable experiences together. Even if it is buying your kids something from Target that they want, sometimes that makes everyone really happy. Happy. Like sometimes that's not, but I think the, I think the way that it goes, that things kind of go wrong in, in my family with this is when it isn't totally clear what, the expectations are Mm. on all sides as far as like why they're getting something now and not another time or why I'm saying yes and I'm in a good mood now and later I'm like stop asking for things (laughs) like yeah that's a little bit of a tough one like I think it's I think it's really like I think our kids are working so hard to try to understand yeah what what our rules are and what their boundaries are and they are pushing boundaries because they're trying to figure out what the actual boundaries are right and so if they don't have a good solid sense of what those are yeah and they're continuing to kind of try and fail over and over that is going to make me upset oh yeah i'm going to get stressed out and then they're going to see that I'm stressed out, but maybe not understand what went wrong and just feel bad about it. Right. Which I think is is a real reason to try to, like, get some clarity on some of this stuff. Yeah. Because it just does. Like, you're right. I think if, if my kids know that most of the time on the weekend, if they ask for yeah. these particular activities, I'm going to say yes. And that mostly is true. But, like, it might not be true that, you know, we're going to. I don't know, like something else that I yeah. would say no to is more iffy. Like if they understand that framework and that's the framework we're working in yeah. most of the time, I think it's okay. It's more that other <laughs> that just other a lot stuff. of gray. Yeah, like because I'm in a good mood, I'm going to say yes to something yeah. today. That's, I almost think it, tell me what you think about this, but I almost think it's okay to say like, like I feel like, and I don't know if it works, but I feel like a lot of times I want to say like, hey, this is a special, yeah, kind of like a special occasion, a special treat, you know, when we go for something like that. But then the effect that has is like, I've noticed, like I was talking about um, last week, Oscar with the dairy. Yeah. Like sometimes saying yes, sometimes saying yeah. no. He's now gotten <laughs> in the habit of when he's asking for it, he'll say, mom, do you think just for this like special yes. time that we could? Yeah. And he, I'm Katie like, Bell and, Ellis and both it's a tough that one. Cause I'm like, I, yes, I know I set you up with this yeah. language, but this isn't really a special time. Like just nothing, this is just Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Like I, you know, and yeah. so I think that it really is that like action speak louder than words thing. Mm. Like, you can say all you want your reasoning behind something. Oh, yeah. But, like, what they're getting from it is sometimes everything they they want. Yeah, sometimes everything (laughs) they want. Yeah, true. (laughs) 
One Bad Mother is supported in part by Grove Collaborative. I have been trying to switch the products that I use in my house to more environmentally friendly products with sustainability and almost zero impact on our planet. And that is a rabbit hole that is very easy to fall down on most websites. And that is where Grove Collaborative comes in to solve that problem. Yeah, so they say that 70% of people want to use natural products, but only 2% do. And that's because shopping for natural products is hard. But with Grove Collaborative, they deliver all natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. And they make homes happier and healthier. And shipping is fast and free on your first order. For a limited time, when you go to grove.co slash mother, you will get a free five-piece cleaning set from Mrs. Myers and Grove. That is a $30 value. Again, that's grove.co slash mother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. So, the crib is gone, and (laughs) the room that Oscar and Curtis sleep in now, for the first time in several years, looks like a regular bedroom. (laughs) It has a bunk bed. Ooh. It has a desk for Oscar to work oh, at, which he loves. Mm. And then it has like a little space for each of them to like keep their clothes and their stuff. And then yeah. it has a chair to sit in, like a big chair for like reading with a parent or whatever. That's so nice. And it's it's just I I did it. You know, I built the stuff. Yeah. I put everything. You know, I or reorganize everything. And I feel really good that they have, like, what is no longer just, like, sleeping quarters. Yeah. It's now, like, a room that they can use and enjoy. Good job. Thank you. Good job. So we did recently have a long four-day weekend. And I made sure that I requested during those days in which everyone was home, including Stefan, that I still went out and did a walk. Mm. Right? I've been trying to get back into my walking the Rose Bowl. It's very important that I do this, but usually on long day weekends or weekends, I don't ask for that time. Right. And this time I said, hey, I'd like to go do the walk today. And then later I was like, I'm going to go do the walk today. And and I got him in. And it you know really affects my mood. It's huge. So huge. But Good I job. Asked. Thank you. Hi, Biz and Teresa. I have a genius. Um, <laughs> my amazing 14-month-old kid has an ear infection, and he's on amoxicillin, the liquid type, which he hates and which gives him horrible, horrible diarrhea. And he does not want to take the probiotic gummies when I try to get him to eat them, but he likes to pick up and put anything in his mouth if he's not supposed to. So I left the probiotic gummy, I, I left three of them uh, sitting on one of his, uh, like, a stacking block toys as though it was not supposed to be there. <laughs> and sure enough, he immediately, upon entering the room, went over, picked them up, and ate them. So he has now had his probiotic gummies that he would not take voluntarily, but if they are found and not supposed to be eaten, he will happily eat them. It's the dumbest genius in the world, but... Hey, it felt pretty good. I love you guys. You're doing an amazing job, and I'm generally fucking everything up. But this I did right, and now I just realized I just said fuck in front of my child. Anyway, take care. Bye. This is so good. So good. Way to to take your child's habits Mm -hmm. and use them to your advantage. I, I mean, there's no way this can backfire. 
one day, <laughs> which is what's great. There's no way. Just start leaving broccoli yeah, out. Just all kind of pills. <laughs> Actually, I do like the idea of like picky children just being able to leave like some broccoli. Yeah. Don't put that in your mouth. Yeah. Oh, you ate the broccoli. <laughs> You're doing great. Yeah. This is a win. Yeah. It's and I think such you should share it just with like people at work or on the bus or yeah. just at the groceries or wherever yeah. you are. Just tap them on the shoulder. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you a little something that happened. You are doing an amazing job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. I'm going to preface this by saying everyone is safe. Everyone is okay. No one was harmed in this story. Don't want people to be too freaked out. But over the weekend, this is a double fail. Jesse and I share the blame for this. We had gone for a hike with the family and the dogs, and we returned from the hike, and we just didn't bring the dogs in from the car <laughs> for the longest. Like, thankfully, it was neither oh hot enough, no, right. nor cold enough, nor sunny enough yeah. that the car temperature was a problem right. for the dogs. But it really took oh, yeah. way longer than it should have for me to say, where are the dogs? Are the yeah. dogs still in the car? And Jesse looked at me and went, maybe they are. Wow. And I went out, and there they were, and they were very happy to come back inside. I, I think it was over an hour. I think it was over an hour after we wow. got home. Because we were giving the yeah, kids you gotta lunch. Get kids everybody out, had everybody to take out out of their the snow gear. Yeah, we had to, the bathrooms. other family was there. Yeah. It was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I... I'm sorry because I bet that was scary. It sucked. Yeah, I'm I, glad that, it was. I am I'm glad so it was glad okay. It was like, yeah. Wow. Well, don't ever go anywhere, Teresa. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This morning, I lost my keys mm. at the kids' school. <gasps> oh so no! I had to take the kids to school today, and then. I stay until Ellis goes in to his classroom, so right about nine, and then I have to get to the studio to record, uh, which takes, you know, 30 minutes or blah, blah, blah. It's important that I leave on time. Mm -hmm. I had my work computers with me and my phone, and I've been doing this thing where I don't bring my purse or my phone into the school with me because mm. it's just like one extra thing yeah. and like I'm running with Ellis and all yeah. that stuff I you know usually put it on my messy car floor yeah lock the doors the school doesn't need to reach you because you're right because I'm there yeah I always make sure I have my keys uh-huh. I had my keys in my hand mm. plus some materials that needed to go into the school mm. we lock the car and we go to school we go by his classroom to return all the artwork of all the children that actually that accidentally came home with us mm -hmm. the week before. It's like this isn't Ellis's artwork. <laughs> In fact, it's 24 pages of not Ellis's artwork. We then go to the school bulletin board that I am now in charge of and uh, put up some new materials. And then Ellis and I do what we always do, which is race each other around the school track four or five times. <laughs> Then it's time to go, and I say goodbye to Ellis, and I no longer have those papers with me in my hand, mm -hmm. but I also realize I no longer have my keys. Mm. And I go back to the classroom. They're not there. I go back to the bulletin board. They're not there. I go back outside, and I start walking the racetrack to see if they're there. They're not there, and I'm starting to think, I don't even have my phone. Yeah. To, like, call Stefan. This is going to, like, are they in my, what's going to happen? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to be able to come to work. This, or do anything, for that matter. And then I was like, I guess I'll go ch check the kids lost and found, which is this box of just sweatshirts and mm -hmm. water bottles that's outside. And laying on top were my keys. Oh, somebody, somebody had picked had them up them and, and put, them, put them in the lost and found. <laughs> so... Yeah, I just, I'm like, I really didn't know 
where they were. Right. And you'll never know where they were. I'll never know where yeah. they were. Yeah. Yeah. You'll mm. probably do it again. I'm going to do it again day. like 18 more times, guys. But now I know to speed the process up <laughs> by checking out Lost and Found. Good training, school. <laughs> Hi, One Bad Mother. I'm calling with a fail. Recently, we had a last-minute custody change with my stepson, 15-year-old stepson, and it was kind of out of the blue. And so it meant a lot more driving for us and just a lot more stuff. And then I'm, I'm starting a lot more extra, like I'm in a show at a civic theater. So I'm in a bunch of rehearsals and my husband has things. Anyway, our schedules have been crazy busy and we've run in our 15 year old all over the place. And my five year old, wait, she's six. That's another fail. I forgot how old my kid was. Anyway, my five year old has kind of suffered because she's like the fourth kid and we kind of sometimes forget about her and stuff. Anyway, we were so busy with running the kid around and going to all of our extra things that we forgot to give our six-year-old a bath for, like, a whole week. Um, so she never asked because she's not really – she doesn't really like taking a bath. So she obviously didn't remind us. And we, my husband and I, are terrible parents because we just totally forgot. And I looked at her – Friday after school, and I was like, have you had a bath since last weekend? No, you haven't. You are officially the stinky kid in class this week, and we're terrible parents. So uh, thanks. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks. Bye. Where's Kevin? We've left Kevin at home. (laughs) Home alone, except when it comes to a bath. I think this is a crazy. You've done something amazing. This is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't bathe a child. You have let your child live out a fantasy that many children have. <laughs> so is it, a, is it a fail? This is impressive. Yeah. 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 This is, it's your fault for having kids mm-hmm. in your house and trying to get anything done <laughs> and uh, trying to be in charge and responsible of all the needs that need to be met of your family. I see it as sort of a gift. Oh. Like your brain just did this for you. Your brain <laughs> realized, eh, this is not going to be the end of the world. Yeah. But you didn't have to. The gift is you didn't have to actually make that decision. Yeah. Or go to the trouble of doing a bath when you were exhausted yeah. and busy. So thank you, brain. Yeah, thanks, brain. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Care.com. Care.com offers a platform for all kinds of family care services, from child and senior care to pet and house care. Biz and I both have premium memberships with Care.com. It's the largest network of local caregivers, and it's dedicated to making it easy to find, manage, and pay for care. They offer reviews and background checks to help guide families through the hiring process. To save 30% off of a Care.com premium membership, visit Care.com slash badmother. Hey, Teresa, let's call someone today. (music) Teresa, this week we are calling Lauren Schneider, who is a nationally recognized authority on children's grief and is the author of Children Grieve 2, a handbook for parents of grieving children. She is the clinical director of child and adolescent programs for Our House Grief Support Center. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so glad. I mean, it, this is always like a weird one to be like, oh, we're so glad to have you here to talk about something that's <laughs> really hard to talk about. But before we get into that, we'd like to ask you who lives in your house. I live with just one other person with my husband, Owen Husney. Very nice. And I, I want to, I guess, I guess I want to set up 
our talk today with uh, something that we've experienced uh, doing the show for a number of years. We have a hotline <laughs> that listeners can call into, and they can share, like, genius moments or failures as parents that are that we just support them through and, and help everybody laugh at. But we also have a thing where people can leave rants, where they're just having okay. a breakdown, a hard day. And the pattern that I have seen emerge over the years is when someone calls in with a rant, they'll start with, everything's very stressful right now, something about work, something about, you know, kids, family, travel, a wedding, and then definitely burying the lead, they'll say, and my father just died. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's like that that should have been like first. Yeah. Right. And it's yeah. It's led us to talk a little bit about as parents, as people with kids in our, our house, when we experience grief, the loss of our one of our own parents or a loved one, I feel like there's this like image of I'm gonna be strong for my children and mm-hmm. I'm gonna you know, only folk, I don't want to let them see me crying or upset. And and we, we basically wind up maybe even ignoring our own need to grieve. And I, I want to start there and ask, is that normal? <laughs> and, and how do we? I, I think, yeah. I think that that's normal to want to do that. Yeah. But it's a very hard thing to actually do that. I agree. So... <laughs> Yeah. So what happens is, you know, the grown up, whoever they are, the caregiver for the child in the house is trying really hard to, you know, put up a brave front and be there for the child and hide their grief. But the children are more perceptive and they notice the cracks like really early on and It's also confusing for the children because the children are feeling their own sadness and they're looking at these grown-ups who are putting on this false front and it sends very mixed messages to the child. When the facade does start to crumble, the children see their parents as very fragile and feel the need to take care of their parent or guardian. And that sets up this dynamic that then continues throughout sometimes the entire first year of that mourning process. How would, how should we handle that situation differently as the parent? Is it beneficial to just let it all out? I mean, like how? Well, you want to think of yourself as a role model mm. because children look to their grown-ups for modeling how to act in new situations. So say the first family member comes along who dies, let's say it's a grand grandma or great grandparent. They're looking they need to information for how to be present in this new situation and it is a wonderful opportunity for adults to role model for their child that it's okay to show your tears, and it's also okay to tell stories of what you loved about the person who died, to, to laugh about the funny moments you shared, and that those things are all compatible with each other, that sometimes you're sad and other times you remember a happy time and, and you, you can laugh, and that's all part of the grieving process that it, it's, and, it's, and is normal. When we experience a loss, there is usually a time period where we have a lot of people helping us right yep. after the loss. And then mm-hmm. everyone goes back to their lives. But yep. but we're, <laughs> hello, we are still there in a state of grief. What are some ways that people can get support when they're grieving outside of family and friends? And I, I think, again, as people with kids in our house or other adults in our house, if we're maybe caregiving for our own parents, time is a real factor there. So, so that's true. Yeah. That gets in the way um, 
sometimes of adults seeking out help for themselves because and this is something that I see all the time at our house is the adult will call first for support for their child because the adult cannot tolerate number 1 seeing their child in pain and number 2 can't handle the thought that this death is going to change their child um, and have a negative impact on their child's development, neither of which is really necessarily true. (laughs) So they call and they're like, I need to get my child in a group or something like that, when in actuality, the child is not ready to be in a group. Um, The child probably is coping fine in the initial month or two after the death because they cope very differently. It's the adult that needs support. They need somebody to go to, um, whether it's to support their own grieving process or just to help them brainstorm how to be there for their child, you know, how to talk to their child, how to explain, you know, what's happening in the family. Who would I, I mean, like, I think, again, something that we've talked about a lot is when we need help ourselves, whether it be a doctor's appointment or fixing the car or therapy or help, that can easily fall to the bottom of the list because it just, it's too much. It's I, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. This is really hard. Or I wouldn't even yeah. know where to begin. So especially, I feel like in this situation, in trying to find support for grief, where would I even begin? Well, um, you know, depending on where you live in the United States, there are grief support centers like our house um, that offer programming for adults and for children that are support groups, um, not necessarily therapy. And that may be the thing that's missing most for people is somebody their own age who's going through the same thing that knows what it feels like um, that they can share it with. Because if you're in that parenting demographic, you know, which is like 25 to 49, let's say, you probably don't have a friend who's had a spouse or partner who died or a child that died. And so you really need to have somebody your own age who understands that, you know, that life cycle occurrence that you can share it with. And now your reactions to that, your grief response is a natural response, not a mental illness. So most of the grief support centers are just support centers with volunteers leading support groups, not mental health centers. Um, On the other hand, some people don't want to be in a group. They want one-on-one support. And for them, they are going to want to find a therapist that they can go to if their support system, their natural support system, meaning their friends and family, are not providing them the kind of support they need. Now, my caveat for that is that most mental health clinicians, now this means psychologists, social workers, and marriage and family therapists do not know anything about how to do grief counseling or grief therapy. They don't know how to do it. And so it is. it really behooves the griever to get a referral to somebody who's experienced and has training in doing grief therapy. So the way you can find those people would be to call a hospice program. The hospital social worker can offer referrals, hopefully, um, in your area. Sometimes a clergy person has a list of referrals for grief therapists. You know, or if you're lucky enough to be in a community with a grief support center, like at our house, we have a list of people we have vetted that we know have been through our training and are are qualified grief therapists. Can you talk a little bit about why people might avoid grief counseling? Well, they're afraid of the pain, afraid Mm. if they 
let it out, that they'll start crying and they'll never stop crying, that it'll hurt too much, that they won't be able to handle the pain. So they choose to bury it instead, to numb it, you know, with with substances or work. But you can't do that. You can't you can't avoid the grief for forever, and it, it is going to have to be acknowledged at some point. Can you talk about the stages of grief? I recently, we had someone from our house come and talk to our school for a parent meeting, and she mentioned that basically what we thought were the stages of grief is not may not be what we think it is. Can you talk about the stages of grief? Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of five stages of death and dying were initially written to describe what what human beings experience when they find out that they're dying because she was working with patients in a hospital. She and David Kessler later applied their stage model to what grievers experience when they've had... Um, experience the death of someone close. And then they wrote about that in a, in a second book called On Grief and Grieving. So their original five stages, denial, anger, bargaining, blame, and acceptance were then applied to the grief process as well. So the problem with their model, according to most grief centers, is that it makes people think that everybody grieves the same way. Oh, uh, and in, uh-huh. and and it puts people into boxes and and sets up unreal expectations like and it makes people think that you do it in a linear fashion and in order and when you're done with one stage you never go into that stage again and that's not that's not what elizabeth intended or david they didn't intend it to be interpreted that way but that's how it has been in, um interpreted uh, but th- that's not what grief looks like mm-hmm. grief is not done in a linear fashion you can be angry but you'll be angry again at a later date. You can get re-triggered as you get older. or Let's say you get married, and then when you become a parent, you re-grieve the death of your own parent that happened much earlier because they're not there to see you have a child. So you maybe go through the anger phase again, you know, or the blame phase again. Um, you're going to re-grieve for the rest of your life, basically. And there is no completion after that fifth stage. You're not done grieving when, you're at, when you've done the fifth stage because grief is a lifelong process. Oh, darn. So, I was hoping I could just tie that up with a bow. <laughs> yeah. Ex- yeah. All sorry. Done. Sorry. No. <laughs> I think, though, that that's really great to hear, actually, because I think we can definitely get it in our minds that eventually it will just be over if we do this process, whatever process, one day. But to hear, no, grief grief is with you forever, and it's going to appear in different forms and different, you're going to, you know, go up and down and back and forth with it actually helps because the expectation is now gone like, of, of right. winning Well, you can be grief. kinder to yourself. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of kindness, how do we, <laughs> as friends, how can we be supportive of a friend who's grieving? What are, what are things that we can say that's helpful or do that's helpful? And what should we just definitely avoid doing? Yeah. <laughs> uh. One thing you can't expect a griever to do is tell you what they need. Mm. What can I, you know, so you don't call them up and they say, what can I do to help? Because they're not going to be able to answer that. But what, you can offer concrete things like, hi, I'm going to the market today. Um, can I pick up some, you know, something for you for dinner? Or do you need, you know, let's, let's put together a marketing list. Tell me what I can pick up for you. 
um, I, I'm going to be doing my laundry today. I, um, I can stop by and pick up, you know, your laundry and do it at the same time. You know, concrete things. Can I get your, do the carpool this week mm. instead of you doing it? You know, so the more concrete things you can do, the better. You know, on the other hand, um, can I take you out tonight, um, you know, and just sit, be with you, you know, just sit with you. And if you feel like talking, I'll listen. If you don't feel like talking, we can just hang out, you know, just just be there if they want to cry you know, just sit with them. You can't be expected to say anything to fix it for them because mm-hmm. that nobody can fix it for them. But just to be there to listen is like the greatest gift. And to my guess is stay there. I feel like it, it kind of goes, mm-hmm. I always feel like there's a play, there'll be a time where I'm like, is there, do I, do I, should I still be? Is it, Am I now imposing? Is it, do you want, you know, like, we've joked about this. Yeah, not run away. Yeah, not run away. I think it's very, we've talked about this with when you have, when there's a brand new baby in your house, however that brand new baby got there, people are like, here, let's help. Here's some food. And then they're gone. But Uh, you're still like, wait, I, there's all, possibly the rest of my life is with this child and I still need help. So I think, yeah, yeah, just remembering, again, remembering that grief is forever on some level, you know, we as friends can be also there forever. Right, like remembering the person who died's birthday, remembering the date of the death, um, you know, showing up on those days, calling I know, like, call the day before. I know tomorrow would have been your mom's birthday. Just wanted to check in with you and see how you're doing today. You know, do you have any plans for what you're going to do tomorrow for her birthday? Mm. You know, so remembering important days or at the holidays. You know, a lot of grievers um, experience loneliness at holidays. You know, they stop getting invited to things, mm. um, you know, and because they're not as fun as other, <laughs> right, other you know. Yeah, and, no, yeah, no. no, I get it. I mean, that or you're worried that, like, so you're, like they're not up to it. They're not up to yeah. it. Or, yeah. you know, right. maybe they lost, you know, a partner or something. And it's like, well, if we invite them, that's going to be weird because we're all standing around with partners, right? Like, yeah. like I think there's, you a- know, and you mean well, yeah. you mean well, but it, it ends up feel, being very isolating for the griever because they're no longer part of that, you know, that social group. And so then they have to find, you know, a new social group. Mm. Lauren, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. This was incredibly helpful and insightful and such a a good, not even a reminder for for those of us who didn't know how to help in the first place or, or what to expect in the first place. This was really good information and we really appreciate it and appreciate the work you do with Our House, the Grief Support Center here in Pasadena and... You know, I, I thank you so much, and we'll make sure we link Thanks people for having up, me. Yeah, to your book as well as other resources. Have a wonderful day, and thank you for the work you do. Oh, you're welcome, and thank you for, for calling. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Hey, I'm Janet Varney, and like many of you, some more recent than others, I used to be a teenager. In fact, just about all of my friends were too, including wonderful women like Allison Brie. 
I'm dead center on the balance beam. And this is like a big gym. All the ki- kids' parents are there watching. I have to stop. Like, you know, when you have to pee so bad and you can't even move. And then I just go. I just pee oh, right in the middle no. of the high balance beam. <laughs> so join me every week on the JV Club podcast where I speak with complicated, funny, messy humans as we reminisce about our adolescences and how they led us to becoming who we are. Find it every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Hi, I'm Renee Colbert. I'm Alexis Preston. And we're the hosts of the smash hit podcast, Can I Pet Your Dog? Now, Alexis. Yes. We got big news. Uh Uh-oh. Since last we did a promo, our dogs have become famous. World famous. World, like, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Second big news. Mm -hmm. The reviews are in. Mm Mm-hmm. Take yourself to Apple Podcasts. You know what you're going to hear? We're happy. It's true. We're a delight. A great distraction from the world. I like that part a lot. So if that's what you guys are looking for, mm-hmm. you got to check out our show. But what else can they expect? We've got dog tech, dog news, celebrities with their dogs, all dog things. All the dog things. So if that interests you, well, get yourself on over to Maximum Fun every Tuesday. That helped. Yeah. That helped. It does help. Uh, you know, it's... Hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There are people in your house. And that doesn't prevent us from experiencing really difficult loss in our life. Yep. And I really appreciated all the insight that she gave us. And we will link up in the show notes to her to her book called Children Grief 2, A Handbook for Parents of Grieving Children, as well as some resources for finding grief support for yourself as an adult. Speaking of support, let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. This is not exactly a rant, but I just need to be reminded that I'm doing a good job. Um, Yesterday, my four-year-old was talking to me and she said something about seeing a a dead bug at daycare, um, and I don't remember exactly what she said next, but I know that my follow-up to what she said was that, oh, you know, that, um, well, actually, you know, anything that's alive will die at some point, to which she said, but people don't die, right? And I had to tell her that, yes, people do die. She just kind of sat there taking that in for a second and then asked about something about when that happens. You know, I told her that usually happens when people are very old, and she kind of wanted more clarification on that. So I was able to tell her, like, about a relative that was 90 or 91, tell her that um, we actually knew someone that lived to be 105, and uh, I left it at that. And it's just, you know, it's kind of hard. Like, you know, you're going to have to teach your kid about this sort of thing. But, like, she woke up yesterday morning not knowing that people die, and then I had to tell her that. Um, which I guess it's good that she's finding that out in the abstract first and not because I'm telling her someone's dead. But yeah, it's just a hard thing to like see them learning stuff like that. And I know there'll be follow-up questions because I don't even know what she thinks death means because all she's seen of it is bugs laying on the ground or whatever. But yeah, just one of those parenting things that kind of sucks. Anyways... Thanks. You're doing a good job, and I think you did a pretty good job on that. Yes, you did. Yeah. You did a great job. Yeah. You answered your child's question, and you answered it honestly within parameters that work for a four-year-old, right? Like, I think you did great, and you are correct. I mean, we just spent... Yeah. Half the show talking to a grief expert about how hard it is to talk to our kids about this stuff. It's how hard it is for ourselves to accept it. And that, you know, the more our kids know, we are equipping them to be able to handle things better and healthier in the future. Okay? So you are doing a good job. It is hard to talk about it. And you, you always want to be like, the stork comes and takes. Yeah, I know. Takes you? I don't know. There was yeah. a stork involved in a bee, I think, with death. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's almost like one of those things like sex yeah. and gender and uh, drugs and like, alcohol. Just and, any- dif- and differences. Yeah. And like, 
it's one of those things that like is sometimes a taboo. Yeah. To talk about and is sometimes uncomfortable to talk about. But for that reason, if we 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 sort of tend to either not talk about it or talk about it like once in a blue moon when it comes <laughs> up. And then it is really awkward. But mm-hmm. like if we talk about it all the time, it's less awkward, yeah. right? Like I feel like it's easier when we kind of get the ball rolling with that. Because I'm just thinking about your daughter, like how you said she woke up this morning not knowing yeah. that people die. But it's like, I could also see her waking up six months from now not knowing that people die. Yeah. Just knowing how kids are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like your sister and the where babies came where babies from. Come right. from. Yeah, like, it's we like, talked about it. Yeah. It's like you need to talk about it like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's a really good point. And I just, you're, I also liked your point of, like, what death means. Yeah. I think a lot of times I'm talking about <laughs> death with my kids and thinking, like, what a great job I'm doing, <laughs> making them aware that death happens. But then I sometimes I'll stop and think, like, yeah, but what do they actually think that means? Like, we've never... Yeah. There isn't, like, I, we assume that they have context for a no. lot of things that they do not have context for. No. Like, no. Yeah. To the body think, farm, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you. Show you death. Death means getting squished, right? Yeah, yeah it just means, <laughs> yeah, getting squished, uh, getting too much salt on you. Yeah. That'll, that'll, yeah, no, it's good. And I just want to say, in six months, your daughter also may wake up and be like, I am so glad I know yeah. about death. Totally. Uh, yep. Yeah. And then she will go to school and educate all <laughs> her friends. You are doing a really good job. Yeah, you are. You really are. You are. Good job. Yeah. Teresa, what did we learn today? We learned we can be easily manipulated by our children when they offer us things we want. <laughs> be that donuts or a dollar. I'll give you a dollar. I'll never pass up a dollar. All right, Ellis, drive the car. I've got a dollar. (laughs) (laughs) I think we learned that, like, all of parenting, there's a lot of gray, and there's a lot of things that, like, feel like the right choice at the right time Mm -hmm. that isn't the right choice at a different time. And while that's perfectly logical to us, our children may not see the logic in it at all. Not because they're jerks, but because they don't have the context yet. And, oh, somebody just remind me, they're they're children. Yep. Ah, They're little. They're little. They are little. Even when Katie Bell's 43, she'll be little. (laughs) Little. Katie Bell, it's time I tell you about death, drugs, sex, and gender identity. Mm -hmm. Sit down. Oh, and your period. So uh, those are reasonable lessons. And if you don't like those lessons, have a donut. (laughs) Watch a little extra TV. You'll be okay. Give yourself something nice. You deserve it. We also learned, once again, difficult conversations are still important. And even more important, taking care of ourselves is important. Finding support for ourselves after a loss is incredibly important to us and to our families. So take care of yourself. That is a thing that we, it's it's so easy to push off. Whether it be depression or whether it just be needing help with anything or uh, grief, it is okay to ask for help. And it is okay to give yourself the time for that help. And as friends of people who are grieving, what I thought she gave us great ideas for how to help, you know, which could include supporting somebody and finding that grief support and helping watch their kids or just be there so that they can go, right? Like, I don't know, just... All boils down to being nice to each other, (laughs) trying to remember we don't know what the other person is going through, and to just try to listen and be kind. Everybody, we know that you're out there trying to be nice. (laughs) You are doing a really good job. 
This show is one of many that remind us there is a lot going on in our lives, making it hard to do anything. And you're doing it. You are getting up. You are doing it. You're going to bed. And you are doing it again the next day. And you are doing a very good job. Teresa, you are doing a good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. Thank you. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Bunn, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.